To be part now of this dream's perfection Fills this big heart of mine with pride So when you're out there, every week remember Through thick and thin, we're standing by your side Cause it's a matter of faith Hey guys, welcome to the New Zealand Warriors 2023 preview. They finished in 15th position in 2022 after another disappointing year, but they're finally back home. Joining me to discuss the team is Timmy, aka Shooter. How are you, Tim? Good, mate. Excited to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, Timmy is looking in fine form. He's got his mo, his mullet, and he's rocking. Man, you're looking sexy, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Trying my hardest. <laughs> I've been growing this for like almost a year now, eh? It's getting... Getting pretty long, the longest my hair's been in in years. You look like a mix of, I don't know, Josh Curran and, I don't know, who else is one of the white, white boys in the team? Uh, there's not many. Uh, probably like Mitch Barney or something. <laughs> 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 All right, Shooter, the 20, 2023 games, Murata Kore comes from Para. Luke Metcalf from the Sharks, Dylan Walker from Manly, Mitchell Barnett from the Knights, John Nickel Klockstad from the Raiders, Tamari Martin from the Broncos, Jackson Ford from the Dragons, and Braden Williami from up in France. Now, 2023 losses. Ewan Aiken travels to the Dolphins, Reese Walsh to the Broncos, Ellie Katoa to the Storm, Jack Murchie to the Eels, Aaron Pant. Penne to back to the storm and Ben Murdoch Masilla signing with the Dragons a couple of weeks ago. Now, uh, exciting is Andrew Webster shooter, and he's all over the media, which I'm really enjoying him because he's giving us insights in kind of his coaching style and kind of what he's seeing ahead. But what do you think the impact of someone like Webby's going to be, man? Well, he was the Panthers attack coach, and you saw how the uh, Panthers attack went under. Went under him, so um, I am pretty excited about some good Warriors attack, like especially like the like um, James Fisher Harris and all those boys with their passing game in that under under Webster was really good, and I think we have the same type of forwards that can can do that. Mitchy Barnett and um, Tohu and Adam Fanua Blake are really really good ball players as well. So I reckon he can take them to the next level and yeah, take the Warriors. Adam's Warriors big, to the top eight. Yeah, Adam's the big one shooter because under Nathan Brown, he literally just put away his offload. Made me look silly because I put a huge prediction on him started last year, but he could be someone that we could have a little look at, man. Yeah, I, like I honestly, I think um, like my early projections this year for Adam was just based on last year, but like having a better think about it and um, and listening to some of those interviews with Webster and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I really think Adam could could go back to like his full, like meet his full potential, mm. and I'm I'm hoping that they're calling themselves the Bash Brothers now, Adam <laughs> Jazz and and Mitchy Barnett. So it's exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing it, mate. Now they finally return home what for the first time in three years for a full home schedule. And I know that you've booked in plenty of home games. If anyone is around for the round five game against the Dogs, I'll be over to be there with both Shooter and Kyle. So if anyone makes a shout-out, because we'll be, definitely be drinking plenty over that weekend. So we'll be down in Auckland. But, mate, what do you reckon this just having a home schedule, man, it should make a difference? It makes a huge difference, man. Like, you saw last year with the home games that they had, how good they looked. And, and another big difference this year as well, oh, yeah, this year, is um, 
having our reserve grade sides back because mm. the Warriors always do well with their own with their own Reggie's teams, um, and like because Redcliffe weren't obligated to play Warriors players, and it was like really detrimental to the Warriors. I felt over the last few years, like. Thanks, Redcliffe, for, for giving some of them like a bit of game time, but there was no obligation to play them every game. That's a really stellar point, mate. Now, having a look at their gains and losses, it just seems for the first time in a long time that they've got, I think they've got value for money this year, Shooter. Like, they haven't gone out and been super aggressive and paid huge overs as they have done in previous seasons. I'm actually liking some of these signings. Yeah, I like them too. Like, it's a bit of a running joke in the group chat, eh, about... Warriors will give like two mil to like a thirty-seven-year-old halfback or something, but I, I really like um what they've done as well. Like I'm pretty excited excited for Mitch Barnett and Murata. Um, I think I think we'll do pretty well. Yeah, I think so too, mate. All right, let's rip into some analysis here, mate. How good is this bloke? All right, now probably as you already mentioned, the strength does lie in the pack, and one of the guys, one of the most consistent fantasy players over the last few years, has been Tohu Harris. Now six hundred eighty-seven k there shooter, break even of forty-seven. Going to be seeing him also return with a full preseason, second year post ACL, mate. So what's your expectations there? I think I was just having a look at his stats just before, and in two thousand and twenty-one, he averaged uh, sixty at lock. Um. Second year back from ACL, you always see that um, that sort of improvement in their performance as well. He's going to play big minutes. Um, my early projection was probably a little bit low. I reckon he could hit at least mid forty, uh, mid fifty. Sorry, like 50, 54, uh, 54 to fifty six. Yeah, um, he's got real good base. He's averaging thirty six tackles, hundred thirty run meters last year, um, and like I said before, under Webster. We'll we'll see more of that passing game. You might see a few line break assists and things like that come in, come into it. Yeah, he's got an underrated passing game, but I think I would have taken him, you know, first round if he didn't lose the duel. I think there may be just a slight loss of value, but at some point, especially because the Warriors have the best sort of run, because we're going to need to start loading up on some of these Warriors players during that origin break because they only have one buy during that period and they literally probably won't have any origin players unless there's a disaster with injuries, right? So someone like Tuhu Harris, I think, will be very, very popular at that stage. But I'm probably going to 3 date him for the start of the season, but plenty of value there, mate. Yeah, I think 3 date him is, um, is a good idea. But definitely over the origin period, because traditionally, I know it doesn't always work out that way, but the Warriors' strongest period is usually their origin period because we don't, we don't lose many players, or yeah. and like we're talking, we're talking about his passing game. Tohu's probably like one of the only props or locks that you could probably chuck into your into your halves if you really had to in a in a NRL game. Yeah, yeah. And he's played sure. played a little bit of six. Now let's move to his middle mate, and we're talking about Mitch Barnett now. Six hundred and seventeen k here, mate. Now break even of forty three. We all kind of picked him up late last year. He got a few nigglies, probably didn't live up to the potential, but we have seen what he can actually do in both a position of mid or edge. Bit of news that he's training pretty much predominantly in the mid. What's what's your thoughts on Mitch Barnett, kind of minutes wise, and a bit of projection and kind of his outlook here, shooter? I reckon. Like, he's capable of playing high minutes. So you're probably, I reckon you might see that 60 to 65 minutes, possibly. Mm. Um, and from all accounts that I've heard, he's training in the middle. Um, there's been lots of talk on the on the forums and on the pages that, is he playing edge, is he playing middle, 
everything I've heard, he's playing middle. If Jazz is calling them the Bash Brothers, that's giving me another bit of an indication. Um, but really good base, 38 tackles per game, 90, nearly 95 metres per game. Uh, I think in this Warriors forward pack, like they should dominate a lot of teams up front. If they can get a roll on, you might you might see some good scores from them, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm liking him, man. When you think about who's out there in duel department, a lot of people, you know, you lost, we just talked about Tor Harris losing his duel, Isaiah Papalese lost his duel, Angus Crichton's lost his duel. In the 27-round season with all these buys, Mitch Barnett could be very, very handy, I think. And his break-even of 43, I think if he's playing his best footy, he could hit a high 40s, maybe even towards that 50s mark. So I think he's definitely someone for us to con- continue to monitor, especially over the preseason there, Tim. Yeah, and, and with um, Sean Johnson's um, likes, likes to get injured a little bit, you could even see a sneaky uh, goal kick or two from, from Mitchie Barnett. So Yeah. Absolutely, man. All right, let's no, 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 no. let's move to the other spectrum here, Tim. Now, Viliami Violia. Now he starts at three hundred and forty k, break even at twenty three. Was a bit of a pain in everyone's side last year, bro, because we all started with him because he was that highly rated guy, two hundred and twenty k. I think he opened up last year. But what are we expecting? Second year around. What's your kind of thoughts on can he progress any further? Like I, re- like as a player, I really do rate him. Mm. But as a fan, as a fantasy player, I don't. Um, second year either goes two ways, doesn't it? Usually they either get second year syndrome, and like let's face it, his first year wasn't hugely great, <laughs> or they get really, really good. Um, he's got like a pretty good strike rate last year. Eh? He scored seven tries in ten games. Yeah. In the in that last game against the Titans, he, I went. I watched that lot, like at the at the ground, and he was carving them up. Like he looks like he will be a really talented player. Um, he just needs to work on his defense and things like that. Three and a half missed tackles per game. Yep. You want to see a bit of an improvement in there, and just get a bit more busy, like eighty three meters per game. Um, if he can get more busy and and whatnot, you could see like a like a good. Good little rise here, but at the moment I'd leave him alone. Yeah, he just—he's got the, all the attributes. It just seems that that consistency, as we do see in those young players, just isn't there for us to take him in round one. But let's move on to one of his wing partners, and that's Dallin Watine Zelezniak. Now he's on a huge money, but even in fantasy wise, he's kind of that mid range at three hundred ninety four k. Very awkward break even at twenty seven. Great finisher at times here, shooter, but it's it's one of those things that. Considering how much money the Warriors are actually paying him, his status as an elite winger is not elite. Like, he doesn't have huge base stats. Breaks tackles from time to time, but his consistency week to week does not kind of, you know, his pay packet probably is not deserved. No, I'd have to agree with you there. He he does have, like, a few errors in his game as well. He's really a one-dimensional winger. He mm. All he does, like, he runs hard and he is very fast. But all he does is just like those full speed hit ups, but doesn't doesn't really tend to break tackles or anything. Um, which is really weird. Like that one game against where he captained the Kiwis at fullback and he like carved Australia up. <laughs> but then you, you've never seen anything else like that. So yeah, I don't know. You, he's definitely another one you stay away from. Yeah, you, you'd never ever consider him in your team. Particularly for you young players that are just coming in for your first season, don't pick players off now name value because you could. Because as Tim did mention, he's got a highlight reel. 
DWZs and a pretty good one too. But it's just one of those things. His fantasy output's not that great. All right, guys, we've still got the uh, cashies. We've got a couple of good cashies in there too as well. Got a bit of Trap City draft to come as well. But before we do that, if you haven't yet, we would love a review on Spotify, Apple. Please join in the banter on social media, Facebook, Talking League Pod, Twitter, Talking League One, Instagram, Talking League Pod. The Talking League textbook will be out Jan 30. If it's past Jan 30, it will be out. So just head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com. Comprehensive guide to NRL Fantasy, 180 pages, 17 team profiles, predicted one round one lineup, season schedule, and the rep player analysis. We've got a whopping 391 player and profiles and projections, classic and draft recommendations, Q&A with the last two champs, which was Will and Shane, power rankings, bold predictions, and much, much more. Now, 20% of profits from the textbook will be donated to Bowel Cancer Australia. That's to honour the legacy and contributions of the fancy community of Steve Nichols, who passed away from bowel cancer a short time ago. Now, our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two free packs of player cards Valued at nine ninety nine each, so plenty of value there. More info, just head over to the Facebook page or visit TalkingLeaguePod.com or all the information will be in your show notes. If you want to have a little sample before you try it, we'll have our 15-page sample also on the website. So please support the podcast and support a great cause. All right, Shooter, let's move on. Last night took L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Now, Tim, you're gagging here, mate, because you want to talk about two guys, Sean Johnson and Adam Vanua Blake. Now, Sean Johnson, you pointed out to me a couple of weeks ago, 562K, break even to 39. Look, yeah. I want nothing to do with it, but I'm kind of warming to it. Like, Marky over at, at Fantasy and Amateurs, he's also very, very high on SJ, and he's trying to talk me around uh, with his analysis. And you've been on me for a couple of weeks as well, but... Talk to me, 562K, break-even of 39. Now, what changes? He's coming off pretty much the worst career, worst year of his career. What changes this year? Uh, have you seen the photo from Jazz, the vinyl? <laughs> Is that all you're basing it on? It, it looks fedez. Uh, <laughs> like, you've got, you got to look at um, who his half's partner is going to be, which everyone's assuming is Timothy Martin. And... Um, Tamari doesn't have a lot of a lot of kick meters in his game and things like that. So Sean's Sean's going to be doing a lot of the kicking. Um, also with Chance probably playing fullback, he's not he's not a Reese Walsh type fullback where he's going to be in the line throwing those big cutout passes and and uh, doing a bit of kicking either. So there's going to be a little bit more responsibility on Sean in that spine. Mm. So I think you're going to see like a big increase in um, in kicking. And you're just going to see him take control. Jazz uh, put up a thing on his story on Instagram a couple of weeks ago saying it's the fittest he's ever saw uh, SJ and he looks like he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Everyone was calling for his retirement. It's the it's the perfect recipe for a Dally M. Sean Johnson year. <laughs> it's good to see him buying in. And fitness is obviously a huge part, especially at his age, right? So it's good to see him getting stuck in. My only just reservations is how many... Because he should be goal-kicking this year as well. It's just how many kicks will he actually be doing per game? And then the second yeah, part yeah. is he's coming off a season where he literally had the least running metres of his career. He had more running metres in the year before where he came back from an Achilles tear than he did last year with this injury, which is kind of a bit... Sorry, not even injury. 
just the year. He actually played 20 games, which is quite good for Sean Johnson. So, yeah, yeah if he buys in, like, we all know what his relevance is because yeah. he can direct the team around the park. Like, he's not the same SJ of old where he used to bounce around and break five tackles and set up two tries yeah. to score one himself. But there could be value, especially if you're starting with one of the big names like uh, Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary. It could be the punt that you want. There is still obviously some other options, probably 100K up, but it's one of those things. A break even at 39 is probably pretty achievable, especially if he can get, if the, you know, the forward pack can get on the front foot. Yeah, exactly. And like, we haven't had like a really good forward pack in a long time. And um, when we have had a good forward pack, is when Sean Johnson has shined. And like, I think it was that first year at the Sharkies where he averaged like one and a half tries a game and was just absolutely killing it. But you saw like a new Sean Johnson where where it wasn't there like bouncing around the field, pulling out the highlight steps and all that stuff. It was like the the real um, control control the game and putting putting boys over the line. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they pair him you know, second row-wise. Whether it's Nakore or Josh Curran, because Curran usually plays a left-edge position, doesn't he, Shooter? No, nah, uh, Curran's usually right. Okay. Well, so yeah, he's usually on SJ's side. Okay, wouldn't mind that at all. Let's move on to Adam Fanua Blake here, Tim. 622K. He burnt me last year, break even to 43. But the thing, what I've been learning maybe over the last couple of years is sometimes a player can burn you in the first year, but sometimes your analysis might be right. It might just take a year of fruition in the right sort of things to happen around him to make him break out. Similar to Sean Johnson, where Sean had a break-even of 39. Adam Fanua Blake's only got a break-even of 43. That probably seems a little bit low for a player of his talent. 100%. I, I think we, under Webster, was, I've talked about it earlier with um, Barney and, and Tohu, I, I think he goes back to his best. You get a steamrolling pack of, of Barney, Tohu, Adam, Murata running at you. Yep. There's going, there's going. That's easy, easy meters up the middle. There's going to be break tackles. There's going to be offloads. This is going to be vintage Warriors, and I think uh, Adam is potentially going to go back to like that 50, 52 point range. I reckon. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Underutilized offload here, Tim. Average of only half an offload per game last year. You know, he does have a knack of picking up niggly injuries, but it could be his season. He still has a strong carry, average 153 metres gain. Doesn't have the best defensive work rate, but I'm a huge fan, mate. So, again, I probably won't take him round one. I will stick him on the watch list, though, because if he can prove to me in the first couple of games that he's back to his best and has everything that you kind of said that was eliminated from his game back into it, mate, at 600K, I wouldn't mind considering him. Yeah, like I say, under Nathan Brown, the Warriors were really bo- like a really boring team, and I think under Webster, from everything I've heard, like we won't know until we see them play, but I think we're going to see a bit more, um, bit more footy play day. Yeah, I think so too, man. All right, Tim, Trap City time. Jazz Tavaga, 628k. Break even of 43. Revealed last week he's in a bit of trouble. He's not probably going to be back till probably round five at the earliest by the looks of things. Had a hernia, a foot, and another injury that just... I can't remember at the moment, but three really major injuries. Plenty of surgery there for the poor bugger. But he could be so fantasy relevant, mate, if he could get the minutes because he's just an absolute machine on the field. But it just seems that he's probably stuck on that interchange. Yeah, like it really pains me to to put tag jazz with the old Trap City tag. Yeah. 
Um, as you probably, if you look at my Facebook, like nearly every photo with my kids, I've got like a Jazz Tavanga t-shirt on. But uh, if I just, I just don't know where his minutes come from because, like the three, the three middles we've covered already are quite big minute middles already. Um, there's been talk that Jazz will no longer cover any hooker, which I, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. Um, but if he, if he's only going to cover middle, like I, I just don't see him getting the minutes. But like, say someone got injured, or he or he does get the minutes, he is a hundred percent fantasy relevant, and he's usually quite a good pod. Yeah. Now, Tim, Wade Egan's not on the sheet tonight, but just been having a little look at kind of where he's at, and just something that just came to mind there was when you said that Jazz probably weren't playing hooker because of the stack bench. It's going to be very hard for them to carry a second hooker. Are you expecting maybe Wade Egan to play, you know, nearly eighty minutes every week? That's what am I? That's what my expectations are because I I don't see them carrying uh, Dylan Walker and Freddie Lussick on the bench because mm. it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense to me. There is every possibility that happens, but it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so I think you you'll see at least seventy minutes from Wade. I'm thinking, and I think he's more than capable of it if he can stay fit. Yeah, I've just pulled uh, up. I just put up his career. Stats with games over 70 minutes, and you've got a fair sample. It's about 20 games, and he does average 50 when he plays 79 minutes. So it's not, it's food for thoughts. 582k, and a lot of people, he's got a break even of 40. A lot of people were trying to park in a Josh Hodgson. Josh Hodgson's just coming off an ACL and probably will get managed early season. There's no, if there's no utility on the bench here, Tim, I know that you, you've been kind of trying again with, you did it at me with SGA. I know you've been trying to sell me the love of Wade Egan. He he might not be a bad shout, mate. I, I actually think he's really underrated. I if he played the whole year last year, I think he was one of the Warriors' best players. Yeah. Um, his running game has gone up every year. Like last year, he was averaging nearly fifty meters a game. Um, and the year before that was thirty-eight, and the year before that was like in the twenties. I'm pretty sure. Um, and you've heard like, well, you've read Harry Grant thinks really highly of him, this deception around the ruck. He actually reminds me quite a – obviously, like, a little bit different build and whatnot, yeah. but it's, like, deception around the ruck really reminds me of um, Appy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I, I honestly think he could – not probably not right now, but eventually be a top-five hooker. He's only, like, 23. Mm. He's young as he could be a top-five hooker, I reckon. Mate, mate, well, I'm definitely going to track him. Because, like, it's a very interesting position at the moment at Hooker. It just seems that, you know, guys like Cook and Grant pretty much a little bit too expensive at this stage. And we saw kind of how that position kind of worked out where, yeah, we probably do need one of those two guys to finish the season. But maybe early season we can probably get away with a few of these mid-rangers. So I think Wade Egan's definitely going to be in my sights there. Shooter for the preseason. But let's move on. A few cashies we want to talk about, Chans, and we've got Tamari Mudd on the sheets. But let's talk about the Kepu twins here, mate, because, you know, at the top of the show, you mentioned, you know, the lack of the juniors coming through and getting a real go because, obviously, they didn't play footy. Redcliffe, you know, both these guys got a handful of games, but we probably didn't see them get the minutes they deserve. But what do you know about the Kepu twins, man? Like, honestly, I don't know a hell of a lot. I just know the Warriors highly rate them. And um, I'm pretty sure they've been in the top 30 the last two years. Uh, so the, the twins are six foot one, 110 kgs, both of them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so there's Lingi, Lingi Kipu and Kina Kipu. Um, they were a bit of a, a victim of that 
what I was talking about earlier with the old Redcliffe situation where they just they didn't get the the minutes. But uh, Valingi Kepu in about 432 minutes of footy for uh, in the Queensland Cup last year got nine tackle breaks and two line breaks, four offloads. So it shows he does have a bit of explosiveness to him, I reckon. Yeah, nice. Um, I, I don't think you'll see them get big minutes this year, yep. but you'll, you'll probably see them with 10, 20 minutes to here and there off the bench maybe coming into the middle of the season as you pick up injuries, etc. Okay, keep them in the black book, the Kepu twins. I don't know how to pronounce both their names. We've just put Kepu, K-E-P-U. There's two of them. So, so there's Valingi and, and uh, Kina, who's I, I can't remember his full name, but goes under Kina on socials. So. Okay, nice. All right, let's finish off, Tim, with two cashies, because a lot of people are stacking their teams in the Fords this year, and these two guys have been seen on plenty of people's teams. Why don't we start with Chance, Chance Nicole Clockstad, 372k, a break-even at 26. Now, what's your thoughts? He hasn't really played for the last two years, their shooter, but he did have a good World Cup, so comes in with a little bit of confidence there. Yeah, like I was pretty happy with the signing, to be honest. I think, like I know Walsh is a great attacking talent, but I think you get a more rounded game at, at this point of their careers with um, Chance. Mm. Um, so, so he's, but he's quite a, a safe fullback. You're not going to get huge fantasy scores out of him or anything like that, um, but you're probably going to get uh, week in, week out fullback as long as he can stay fit. Um, I don't think you could go wrong putting him in your team. I can't. What's his price? He's pretty cheap, eh? 372, break even at 26. So I think he's kind of at his floor anyway. So when you think yeah. about when he was kind of at his fantasy relevance, when he was killing it for the Raiders, 2019 average 42, 2020 average 40. And he's one of those guys that he, he goes in, gets dirty. He's probably not. He's going to break a few tackles. Doesn't have a huge try scoring strike rate, and he's not a huge ball playing fullback. But I think he'll do the job if you want it like a cheap wing fullback to start. I don't think he can. It's not a bad choice, man. Yeah, like, like I say, he's safe. You're not going to get many demerits or anything with him, um, and he's he's really safe. If he if he um, would have been good if he had played like a few more games at centre and got a duel or something would have been nice. But yeah, good good shout. But that's the thing is, like he only has to average thirty five, thirty six, and he puts ten points of value <coughs> on. So again, we're not we're not starting the season with the team that we want to end with the season. So it's all about making value, making a bit of coin. So I think maybe put a bit of a consideration if you can fit him in there. Chance Nickel Clockstag. All right, the next one, Tamari Martin, three hundred and thirteen k. He's got a duel which really, really, you know, puts tickles my fancy a little bit, Tim. Break even at 22. What's your thoughts on the return of Tamari Martin? Oh, yeah, look, he's a, Tamari's a, another one that I'm really excited about. Eh? I, I was really gutted when he um, when he retired with his uh, brain injury. Yeah. And um, and then in the news over here, he was playing uh, like rep footy for the Waikato, and he was all in his social media stuff. He had like a – he's got like a hunting and fishing page with his brother or something. Okay. And, um, and then he came, came back and he was – Looked really good at fullback last year for um, for Brisbane. He, he's another one. He's not going to give you huge scores, but I was looking earlier in his um, before he had his head injury. Yeah, he was um, averaging forty points. At, so it was only in two games, admittedly, but he had two really good games and was averaging uh, forty points. Yeah, he's got a career um, average then, career average of thirty four. So decent. There's some some money to be made, especially if your Sean Johnson narrative pulls off. Like. They might yep. put some points on the board. And, like, I was super impressed with what he did last year. 
I just think that a lot of the things he was doing on the field wasn't fantasy stat scored, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, he, he yep. had a really strong season. If anything, like, when he got injured towards the back end of the season and he didn't start at fullback, their fortunes kind of dropped away a little bit. Yeah, he he played really well. He's always been um, been talked up as a really good player since he was young. I remember, I think he came through at, did he come through at West or Penrith? And he kicked like yeah, that Penrith. field goal and his, I think it was like his debut or something, kicked like a game-winning field goal. And yeah, he's played yeah. a grand final for the Cowboys and stuff like that. So so he's not a slouch. He, does, he doesn't have like a very high kicking game. He averages uh, just under 35 kicking metres at six in his career, yeah. things like that. But um. And in one of those those high scoring games, he scored thirty four with four errors and four missed tackles. So that's telling you a lot that you need to know. Yeah, it was definitely Penrith, but I like him. I think he's a good eighteenth man. He's going to cover your wing fullbacks and your halves. I think lock him in as your eighteenth man. You're not spending too much money. Downside's relatively small with a break even at twenty two, and he could you know outperform maybe fifteen points on the upside, ten to fifteen points, make you a little bit of money, and then you can trade him out to someone else, maybe post-Origin, but that's a nice shout there. Tim, we didn't have him on the sheet, but I think we do definitely need to just make a mention of Luke Metcalf because he comes over from the Sharkies. Probably a little bit too expensive, 319k, because he's probably likely to maybe take a bench role or an 18th man role. Could be waiting in the wings a little bit for his start, but he's got a very fantasy-relevant game, very in the mould of a Ryan Puppenhausen kind of build, and he's, he's super fast, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for him to play. Like, oh, I was surprised when they because I think they bought Tamati after they'd already um, signed Luke Metcalf. So I was pretty surprised when they did that because I thought Metcalf would come over and start straight away. Um, but from everything I've seen of Metcalf, he looks like a pretty exciting player, and it's it's one the Warriors need for a bit of excitement because we we don't really have that in our backs, eh? Mm. Um, and we sort of need that like explosive game breaking. Back, yeah, I think he'll get his shot at some some point of the season. The season's too long for him not to, and I think the game that he possesses, I think he is in the Warriors' top seventeen players. They just got to figure out where he can lie. Hundred percent, they're they're just a bit heavy in some positions, and he'll he'll find his way in, no doubt. Nice. Well, Tim, that was the Warriors, mate. Some stellar analysis there, man. Thank you for your thoughts tonight. Cheers, man. I can't wait. I'm excited for um for the live and and to get on some more potties this year. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your company. We hope you enjoyed the Warriors preview. We'll have a few more previews before we rip into a few more, a bit more fantasy content to start the season. But appreciate your tuning in, and we'll check you next time.